How many of you guys set uh, New Year's goals, resolutions? Be honest. Raise your hand high. I want to see the hands. Okay, better than the first service. Yeah, first service was like, nope, we got it. <laughs> Man, that, that's awesome. We, we as a family got together, and I, I, I cannot take any credit at all for this. It's, this is my wife. I'm fully, like, I'm the creative, I'm the, I'm the one who's like, let's go build the Taj Mahal. And she's like, have you taken into account what that's actually going to require? And I'm like, nope. <laughs> I'm like already halfway there. So she is a planner. She loves for us to sit down. We balance each other out. And so uh, she had all of us get together last night. We were missing my nine-year-old. Uh, but uh, it's almost impossible to get all of us in the same place at once. So my nine-year-old wasn't there, but uh, this other person who seems to be making their way into my family of the opposite sex, uh, one of my daughters, was there. So I guess he was filling in. Do not applaud that. This will be your last day in class if you applaud any of that. So last night we sat down and my wife said, okay, we're going to do it. And so she wants to know what our goals are. And, and so it was really super sweet. We spent some time together and uh, each one of us had to go around and say, there's, there's marked areas and say what it was that we felt like we really wanted to go after in 2020 and a word, like, wh like what we felt like the word was that God gave us for, for this year. And each one of us had a word and we got to share that. And my wife recorded each single one of them. It was awesome. And what we found was, and again, this is, this is all my wife, we found that it centers us as a family. It just it does something. And so we're just this little tiny community, the Lynches, and um, bigger than most families, but small in community senses. But we are almost our own city. And so we, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm the mayor. King? King? Okay, thanks. Yeah. So I, uh, so I just find that it, does, it just kind of centers us and it kind of pulls us together. And so starting out today, we're going we're to be talking about a series that I'm going to call Centered. And what it is simply is it's a drawing together. I wanted to start the year out drawing us, our attention as individuals and as a church, drawing us together and centering us on community, the importance of it. And so today we're going to talk about uh, being part of a prayer-centered community, being part of a prayer-centered community. Uh, I'm going to read Matthew 6, and I'm going to read out of the um, New, Internet, New American Standard Version. Um, I usually read out of the NIV, if you wonder. I love this translation for this verse I'm about to read. Some of you may know this. Now, before I read this verse, uh, here, I, I want to preface it to give you some context. Who's speaking and who that person is speaking to? Jesus is speaking. And Jesus is speaking to his disciples. Got it? Okay. Keep that in mind. We're going we're gonna to circle back around to that in a second. So this is what Jesus says. He's telling them about prayer. And he says to them, pray then in this way. Some of you may have heard this before. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us today our daily bread. And forgive us of our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. 
Now that is a powerful prayer. Something I know about prayer in 1 Thessalonians. Paul is speaking to the, the people of Thessalonica and he says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And I want us to, ca- to capture this. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus, that as a follower of Jesus, it is his will that I should pray continually. It is God's will. It's not, it, it's not something that I see, I oh, you know, should try that out. It's his will. He, he, he has set us apart for this. And so what is prayer? I want to make this very simple. Prayer is simply a dialogue between God and his people. Sometimes we get really freaked out. I don't know if you, I, I was like this when I first gave my life back to Jesus because it, my life is, came from Jesus and I took it and I wanted to own it as myself. Like I was the owner of my life and like I'll do it my way. And then I realized I should give it back to the rightful owner. So that's how it went for me. And so I gave my life back to Jesus because I had stolen it. And so anyone else relate? Okay, I'm just checking. Some of you are like, really? <laughs> yeah, so I, I give my life back to Jesus. And then first time I'm sitting in this group in a house and somebody says, hey, Pat, would you mind praying? I was like, I don't pray in public. <laughs> or, or how about this one? I don't pray out loud, right? And so it's always like, yeah. So when your friend's like, I'll pray for you, you're like, but I never hear you. <laughs> okay. Prayer is simply a dialogue between God and his people. Okay, we think we have to be like super eloquent and we have to thises and vows and therefores. And well, if I could just pray like the pastor or if I could pray like that person, they just have a gift of prayer. It's like, no, it's just a dialogue and it's a relationship. And we should have a di- dialogue means you speak and you probably listen more than you speak, by the way. That's, that's relational. If I'm just speaking to God, that's not, that's not a relationship. That's also not a conversation. I'm just telling him what I want in advance, and then I walk away and expect jukebox Jesus to play my request, right? Okay. So how can prayer, if it's a dialogue, I, 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 I want to, okay, I'm going to make this statement. Prayer, this is our belief, prayer changes everything. And it usually begins... By changing us. Prayer changes everything. This is what we believe. But it usually begins with changing us. So how does prayer change us and change us as a community? We're going to talk about that today. Number one, prayer changes our posture. Prayer changes our posture. Jesus tells them, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. Understanding that Jesus gives instruction not to an individual. He's, he didn't single Peter out. He didn't single James out. He didn't single any one of those guys out and say, now I'm going to teach you how to pray for your benefit. In fact, Jesus is giving instruction on how to pray to a community of followers called the disciples. So the context of prayer, Jesus teaching prayer, was actually being taught in the context of community, not not on an individual basis. Are you following me? So then he follows up by using the plural pronoun, our father. So it's not my father. It's our father. Why? It changes my posture between you and I. Because it puts me shoulder to shoulder with you now. 
I'm no longer the kid competing for dad's attention to get the most. It's no longer self-serving. It's no longer about me. I now, and even as it gets more intimate, maybe I'm less shoulder to shoulder, and now we become face to face. And we begin, we begin to live life in this, it, it, it changes our posture between each other. And it changes our posture before God. I love the fact that in the beginning of this too, it says, Father, you're in heaven and hallowed be your name and your kingdom and your will. Your, your, your. Why is Jesus teaching all of us as a community to pray that? Because if not, here's my prayer. God, mine, mine, mine. Right? Make my kingdom look like the way I want my kingdom to look. He's like, but my kingdom's so much better. Somebody, my, my mother-in-law who lives with us said to me, now, keep in mind, this woman had five children of her own. So I'm thinking, you had no room to talk. She watches all seven of my kids, and she, she will laugh, and she'll say, oh, you got a big family. And she'll stop me sometimes and say, did you ever think you would have seven children. And which I laugh every time, say, no. Did you ever think you'd have seven daughters? I get real serious. And I go, heck no. But God delivered his kingdom to me in a way that I never would have built for myself. And it's better. I guarantee you. Oftentimes our prayers are what? Mine, mine, mine. So it changes my posture before God because now when I say our, we're bound together. And so we know who we're praying with and we know who we're praying to. We're praying to the Father that it's your kingdom. It's your power. It's your glory. It's your name. It's your will. And what I love about that is, is that oftentimes when I pray mine, 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 what I'm asking God to do is give me my meager inheritance that I think I've built up for myself. And when I say, God, I want, I want the community of your world to invade the community of my world. When I say that, and I'm willing to let you, yours, this is what I'm saying. I want yours, 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 God. I, I'm up front, I'm going to tell you, I am a trust fund kingdom kid. And why do I want his, his, his? And why do I say to him, I want yours, yours, yours? Because I know what he has parked in the garage. I know how many accounts he has waiting for me to give access to. And his inheritance is good. And I've, try, I've tried to live my life, mine, mine, mine. And I'll tell you what, I inherited what I deserved. And it wasn't good. Amen? So as a community, this is our prayer. Our prayers as a community. God, we want you, we want your community of heaven to come and do what it needs to do in our community here on earth. Simple as that.
and we open our hearts up, we change our posture, and we say, we are going to stand together and we're going to say, God, you bring your community of heaven and invade our community of earth. You invade my circumstances. Number two, what prayer does, how it changes us in our community, it shifts our perception of provision. It shifts our perception of provision. Jesus says to pray, give us today our daily bread. There again. So he starts out, you, 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 right? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. And then he shifts and he says, now you need to begin praying as a team. It doesn't say, give me today my daily bread. What does it say? Give us today our daily bread. And Jesus Christ is the living bread of life that we need daily. He's the divine provision that we need daily. And so it shifts our perception of provision because in John 6, 35, it says, Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. See, but oftentimes my perception of provision is that however hard I work and however much I, I, I come into my own understanding that I'll never be hungry and I'll never be thirsty. I got it. I'll take care of it. Here's the most dangerous thing about me. This is, my, this is my opinion, okay? This is just Pat's opinion, all right? I think one of the most dangerous things about being an American and being a Christian is that I can look at the stuff I have, chiefly my bank account, comparatively to the rest of the world, and I think we're good. This is the truth. Very few times do we know the desperation of humanity as Americans. And we think we're good. Because my perception and provision is that I got it. I am my daily bread. If I just get up in the morning and I just eat of the wisdom that I bring. Epic fail. So my provision is not predicated on the power of my good name and my good efforts. It's actually predicated on the good name of Jesus and his effort. It says in John 14, 12, I can assume, I can assure you that whoever believes in me will do the same thing I have done. And they will do even greater things than I have done. Because I'm going to the Father. Verse 13, and if you ask for anything in my name, I will do it for you. Then the Father's glory will be shown through the Son. In verse 14, he backs it up and says it again. And if you ask me for anything in my name, I will do it again. Okay, why does God repeat, have Jesus repeat this twice? Oh, why? It's important. He doesn't want us to what? Forget it and miss it? Okay, I'm a parent. My kid says to me, Dad, why do you tell me twice? Because you didn't listen. listen uh, all right. See, God in the very beginning said, there's these two trees. This one you can eat from. This one you can't. He told us one time. Did we listen? Mm. He's looking into the history of humanity and he's like, see, God's like, okay, you did it once. You ain't going to do it again. So now I'm going to repeat myself. 
You can look through scripture and see God's repetition for humanity. He is repeating himself over and over and over again. Why? Because we're knuckleheads and we don't get it. So Jesus is like, look, I'm telling you twice because I know it's going to happen. I'm going to tell you the first time. You're going to go, oh, oh, okay. You're going to ask in my name. You're going to slip back to thinking that you're the one who provides your own provision. You're going to struggle a little bit. You're going to lose some stuff. I had to be politically correct as a pastor. You're going to lose ground, and then you're going to go, oh, he said it twice. He told me to take out the trash twice because he knew the first time I wouldn't do it. And the worst thing that we can do, you've heard me say this before, worst thing we can do, it's like when I tell one of my children, like, hey, 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 you're supposed to take out the trash, right? This is the worst. You're supposed to take out the trash, or you're supposed to do the dishes because they actually do work in the house. They pay us bills, right? My kids pay for their own car insurance, pay for their own gas, pay for their cell phones when they're allowed to get them. I took my 16-year-old to the store and said, you're now allowed to have a phone. She was over the moon. She got to pay for her own birthday present. Win. Okay? So if I say to you, hey, you're supposed to do the dishes, and you say this, I know. <laughs> Hold the time out. If you know and you didn't do it the first time, you're proving stupidity. I'm not being mean. Ignorance is I didn't know. Stupidity is I know. So you're, what you're saying is you're stupid and rebellious. So God's like, ask in my, God's like, ask in my name. I know, I know, I know. He's like, but you haven't asked and you haven't done it in my name. You're stupid and you're rebellious, Pat. Are, are you with me? Okay, I'm not calling any of you stupid or rebellious. I'm throwing myself on that altar. I get stupid and rebellious sometimes, man. God's reminding me. You weren't, your perception and provision, Pat, needs to change. I am your provision. Okay? Remember, you want what's his, his, his. Not mine, mine, mine. So as a community, see, prayer centers Jesus in our community. We want Jesus in the center of our community. It's his name that we pray in. You don't want me praying in my name. You don't want me to pray for you. Someone says, hey, Pat, will you pray for me? If I got done with that prayer, I said, in, in my name, in Pat's name. So be it. You'd be like, what kind of prayer was that? Who does this dude think he is? You think he's Jesus? There's something innate in you that knows. We need the authority of Jesus' name. He's our provision. So as a community, we are going to pray to relinquish control, and we're going to rely on the power of God's daily provision, Jesus, to satisfy our needs. That is what we are doing as a church. That is who we are. That my prayer for you is that you would do the same thing. Because it's we, us. Number three, prayer changes our purpose. Here's one of the most, I'm going to read, I'm going to read this verse. It says, and for, in the verse 12, it says, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. In the scripture before, in verse 11, it says, Jesus is saying, give us today our daily bread. It's a daily thing. I need Jesus daily. I need him today. Guess what? 
I'm gonna wake up tomorrow, I'm definitely gonna need him. In fact, throughout my day today, I'm gonna need him, like, repetitiously. I need you, Jesus. That's who I am. That, that, that idea of get today our daily bread, actually, the, the weight of that carries through the rest of the passage. And this is what I mean. So when I read and forgive us our debts, it, it really, it's saying and daily forgive us our debts. Why? Because I daily need Jesus' forgiveness. I need his forgiveness. I, I give my life back to Jesus. Jesus, forgive me for taking it on my own. <clears throat> but here's what I know about myself. I'm going to run into some problems. So daily, I need his forgiveness. And, and, and so it's something that has to happen over and over again. Here's what it does. Prayer pardons us of our debt of sin. And it positions us to be profitable to others by forgiving them. It changes our purpose. Let me say it this way. In the Old Testament, if you owed me money, you didn't pay your debt to me, I could bring ruin personally to you because you didn't pay me. But not only you, but I could bring ruin to the rest of your family. That's where we get uh, liability. Like if one of my children does something, they're liable, but if they're underage, that financial harm can come to who? Do you see how that works? Where do you think we get that from? God. Old Testament. Okay? And this is what it's saying. The enemy's purpose is to bring harm and bring revenge. And when we're living life outside of Jesus, we're working for the enemy. And we're purposed to bring harm and revenge. And when we pray and say, Jesus, forgive us, our purpose shifts and changes. And we now, instead of bringing harm, instead of bringing ruin, we bring hope and we bring restoration. Prayer changes my purpose. Now, I may not want to be purposed to bring revenge and harm. But if I'm not living with a posture toward God, I am going to duplicate who I am. I will duplicate who I am. So without Jesus, without him forgiving me, without me having the heart, he gives me grace and I give grace. Are you with me this morning? I want to be marked as a person, as a community, as a dealer of hope and not harm. I want to be marked dealers of hope, not harm. That changes things. It shifts your perspective. It changes your purpose. So as a community, we purpose to bring hope and restoration. And prayer changes our ability to prevail. And keep in line with this idea of daily. It says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And daily lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. See, prayer protects us 
from returning to a life of revenge and harm by delivering us from the daily damaging effects of sin. Let me say that again. Prayer protects us from returning to revenge and harm by delivering us from the daily damaging effects of sin. The enemy sin is assaulting us constantly. But prayer gives us the, abil the ability to prevail. Prayer gives us the ability to stand with victory on the horizon as victors, still embattled in the middle of it. Because we live this side of heaven. So when I say your kingdom come, what I'm doing is saying, God, I want the victory that you have served up, that your kingdom has. I want your kingdom to come invade my kingdom here on earth. So if, if I'm victorious in heaven, if I'm seated in victory there, I'm seated in victory here. But I'm not sitting in that kingdom yet. I'm carrying that kingdom here in this place. So that means I can be in the midst of tons of battles, got all this stuff, temptations flying in front of me. God is delivering me daily, moment by moment, situation by situation. Prayer gives me the ability to prevail. I love, this is the Passion Translation, Psalm 19, 13. Starts out and says, keep cleansing me, God. Keep cleansing me. It's this idea that like, I know that I'm going to go outside and get dirty. God, God's the parent that says, I want you to go outside and play and have fun. Get off the video game. My neighborhood, you show up in my neighborhood, and it's like, there's kids. We have those signs, you know, slow, like that kind of thing. There's cones down the street. And it's like, there's all these kids that are, we have this bubble of kids at this age. They're all outside, and they're all like training wheels, kind of new to bikes, and they're swarming all over the place. It's crazy. Cars drive through there, and they're just like, oh my gosh, you know. And, and so we, we all stand out there, and the parents, and we're talking, like blah, 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 and this is all you hear. We, we hear a car come around the corner. Everyone, car, car, car. The kids, the kids now are like, car. <laughs> Yesterday, this woman comes flying through, and she Everyone's like, car, 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 car. And, um, and it, it was a young girl, and she had her music turned up. And it was kind of bass-heavy uh, music, and, which I found very awesome. And uh, it, ha it had a good beat to it. And um, my four-year-old's outside on her bike. All the other kids, this is, this is interesting as a side note, all the other kids, car, um, four-year-old doesn't talk. She responds to things. So every, every one of these kids go, car, and they all go to a curb because they've been taught this. And we're teaching her, car go to a curb this car comes down the road and the music is kind of turned up and it's got kind of a hip-hop good groove to it my four-year-old car she stops she knows to stop she stops gets off her bike and as the car comes by starts breaking it down dancing <laughs> and i was like Shander, that is your child. <laughs> like, 
She gets back on her bike, you know. And sometimes they fall over. She's fallen over multiple times, you know. And I, 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 I kind of imagine God like this. He's like, I want you to go outside and experience life. He didn't create us in a bubble in a vacuum. If he knows there's going to be things that are going to be potentially dangerous, they're going to fly around corners. He knows that there's going to be times when we're going to be in dangerous way. He knows there's times when we're going to probably fall over on the ground and we're going to skin our elbow up. He understands that, but he's given us the ability through prayer to prevail over those things. And as a community, we're going to experience God's daily victories of freedom. And we're going to experience those things as a community uh, widely. So we have communities. So for instance, right now, I have some friends just from the surf world who, you know, obviously Australia is a huge place for surfers. That country right now is being devastated by fires. So guess what? We, we can employ all these things and we can pray for that community. Why? Because they're part of the community of humanity. It's not like, well, I've never been to Australia. <laughs> you know. They're part of, like, they're being devastated and we can pray for them. And that's far off community. We can pray for our, our, our community as a country. We can pray for the leadership of our country. You may, you may not appreciate the leadership of our country, but right now that leadership is driving the car that we call America. And I'm going to tell you what, when I'm riding in the car with somebody, I'm not wishing the worst for the person driving. Even if I don't like them, I'm praying God's blessing, provision, wisdom, insight, like give them supernatural ability to drive like a Formula One driver. I don't care. Just get me to where I need to get, right? So we can pray for our leaders. We can pray for our country this way. We can pray. God says if we would turn our hearts to prayer, that he would heal our land. That, 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 that's, a, that's actually a promise. He's like, if you, then. If then, then that. We can pray for our local community. I mean, there, there are things going on in our community right now. Right now, there are families in our community devastated by an accident that happened two nights ago. A group of young men, one of which lost his life in Escondido. And they're, they're impacted. My children go to the school that these boys go to. Teachers and administrators of that school are part of our church family. And they're having to walk with these families through it. And we need to pray for that community. We need to pray for them. You may not know them. I don't know these boys personally. But I don't need to know them personally. I need to know that they're breathing and they're living and they're children of God regardless of anything. And I need to pray for that. I need to pray for their family. We need to, we need to be pouring ourselves out doing whatever we can. We have internal community. We pray for the people that are in our church. Danny, who is just leading worship. Danny is now, by the way, Danny is now officially living in the United States. When you sing, you don't hear the British accent. Some people are like, huh? He, he, he's from England. 
okay? We spent the last year petitioning the government and working through the process to get him a visa to come over. He's now our new worship pastor. We're going to get a chance to spend some time with him later. He's here. His wife is still in London for another five weeks. So we're praying for them. We get a chance to pray. We we got a chance to pray for the last year. We get a chance to pray for them now. Pray for God. Just be their provision relationally. Danny needs a car. I didn't really, they put the steering wheel on the wrong side over there. So they won't let him take his car and put it here. I guess he could, but then that'd just be weird. He'd be getting out on the wrong side of the street and be, so it's like, God, Danny needs a car. So you know what I believe? I believe the power of prayer. Danny is going to get a car. He's trying to figure out, you know, the culture shock that him and his wife are going to go through. It's wild. I can't even imagine. We can pray for him. And here's what I know. At the end of our prayers, at the end of our prayers, there's this part that Jesus doesn't leave out. He says this. When you're done praying, I want you to end with this. For yours is the kingdom power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. That ultimately what Jesus is saying is your prayers and my prayers, our prayers together will turn into praise. Because that line is a line of high praise. It's this idea that, God, I'm going to petition you and I'm, my posture is going to be changed. My perception and provision, my purpose, and my ability to prevail are all going to be changed. And before I even see it, I'm going to end my prayers. I'm going to end what I'm requesting with praise. I'm going to praise before I even see the answer. I'm going to ask, I'm going to, I'm going to align myself with you and then I'm going to say, God, and yours is the kingdom. And yours is the power. And yours is the glory forever and ever. Amen. It's not this wimpy like, well, you know, God, I just pray for you. And then you're like, yours is the kingdom and power and glory forever. Forever. Ah! That's not how that's written. That ultimately prayer becomes our praise as it changes our posture perception and provision, our purpose and our ability to prevail. Would you stand with me? Family, prayer changes everything. And it will begin with us. Here's some things to take home. Number one, what are you praying for personally? What are you praying for? If you don't have anything you're praying for, like, get something, man. Like, that blows my mind. Like, there, there, every one of us has a need. Everyone, there's something going on. What are you praying for personally? Number two, what are the personal prayers of those around you? 
You know, oftentimes we see on the surface, we see the manifestation of things going on in people's lives and we think we get real judgmental. And we, we tend to not know one ounce of what's going on below the surface, behind the scenes, behind closed doors. We just think everyone's living in their palaces, everyone's doing great. You have no idea what's going on. We, that's why it's community. It's our and us. What are the personal prayers of those around you? My wife recorded every one of our goals, one by one. You know why? Because she said, I, I want to be, everyone in the room was like, why are you going to like police us and hold us accountable? My wife is amazing. She responded, of course, very queenly fashion, just silenced the room. She goes, no, so I can pray for each one of you. That God would be your provision to see these things happen in your life in 2020. Oh. Number three, will you commit to being part of a community centered on prayer? And if so, here's my challenge. I want you to write down what you're praying for. It's going to require some vulnerability. You don't have to, I'm asking you to do it right now. I want you to write down what you're praying for. It's going to require vulnerability. You can leave it anonymous if you'd like. You don't have to put your name on it. Next week, I'm going to ask that all of us turn our prayers in. You can drop them off in the box on the way out if you have them today. If you're like, I know exactly what I need. Next week, we're going to facilitate the same thing. We're just going to, everyone's going to write the prayers. We're going to put them, and this is why. We're going to pray together for these things in 2020. And we're going to praise God for these things in 2020. And we are going to pray and we're going to praise. And we're going to pray and we're going to praise. And we're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate like heaven is going to celebrate when those things begin to get knocked off the list. As God begins to answer your prayers, as he begins to answer the things that are in your heart, as he begins to break into the things that you think are hopeless, as he begins to restore the things that you think can't be restored, as he begins to work on that part of your heart that you think, like, I can't forgive them, and he brings forgiveness. As he begins to do those things that he's purposed and promised for you, we're going to celebrate, and we need to experience it as a family. See, prayer changes everything, and it's going to begin with us. Let's pray. You don't have a relationship with Jesus this morning. The number one thing that prayer can change is your life, your relationship between you and Jesus. There was a moment in my life that I had to give my life back to its rightful owner. And that may be you this morning. You think, maybe for some of you, you think you've been living in a way that you've done that and you realize this morning, you've actually been driving the boat. You've been the one, it's been your purpose You've been postured towards yourself. You really haven't relinquished control. And it's this morning, you need to make a decision to really give your life over back to its rightful owner, Jesus. If that's you this morning, I want you to raise your hand. Amen. Amen. There's no shame in that. Amen. Here's my challenge for you. You don't have to. For some of you, we would like to pray with you. And so the invitation is always open for you to come down for us to pray with you. For some of you, you just need things today that you would really like God to move in. And we want to be able to pray alongside of you.
And if that's you, I want you to come forward. The ministry team has been praying all morning, waiting for you, preparing their hearts, preparing this place for you this morning, for the rest of us. If you feel comfortable doing so, you can just open your hands up. And all that is is an act. You can't, you can't receive anything with your hands closed and in your pockets. And this morning, God, we want to receive your kingdom, your community of heaven here on earth. Invade. Invade every area of this church. Invade every area of this community that we call family here at the movement. Invade every area of our personal lives. Invade every area of the places that we walk, that we touch. Invade every single area that we come in contact with as you invade us. We thank you, God, for yours is the kingdom, is the power, and the glory forever and ever. And everyone said, amen.